Welcome to the Heather McCoy Show. In our middle segment today, I'll be talking with Logan Crow, who is Executive Director of Screenings and Events Programming at the new Fonda Cinema in Santa Ana. Then rounding out the hour, we'll have Robert Larson join us from the other side of Cleveland National Forest. But first, we'll start off with a regular contributor, the blogger behind fieldofschemes.com, Neil DeMoss. Welcome to the show, Neil. Good morning, Heather. Good morning. Uh, the Cobb County Commissioners voted 5-0 to approve the development, construction, and operating agreements for the, the new $226 million uh, Atlanta Braves Stadium in Cobb County. The whole agreement between Cobb County and the Braves was done in secret. Uh, does anyone know what the operating agreement looks like? Uh, does it contain things that are going to bite Cobb County later? Like, And I, I, that's hard to believe with how much money they're throwing at this. That, but does it have anything like a state-of-the-art clause and all that kind of thing? Um, it doesn't have any of that. I mean, the, the good thing about the operating agreement, and there's like multiple different agreements, the good thing about the operating agreement is there isn't anything that's going to, yeah, bite Cobb County later. All the bites are right up front. <laughs> well, so, that's, a, you know, that's nice. You're talking, you're talking close to $300 million. Cobb County will hand over, and that's it. You know, they're not asking for anything more in the operating agreement. Um, the big piece that we don't know is the transportation agreement. And, you know, this is the part that it's been estimated it could be up to $260 million worth of, uh, you know, highway improvements and new off-ramps and things like that. Um, might not be $160 million. Nobody's studied it yet. They haven't come up with the transportation agreement yet. It, it, there isn't even a draft. But they voted on everything else first, which mm -hmm. is, in technical terms, nuts. Yeah. I was just wondering, does MLB have any standards for transportation agreements like they do for stadiums? Like it's got to be a certain number of seats, like when we were talking about the athletics moving to the Portland area? I don't think so. But, I mean, you know, if you're going to get people in and out of this stadium, you know, it's, it's at the intersection of two highways is the nicest thing you can say for it, but it's the intersection of two highways in a place that nobody has really been wanting to get on and off the highways because there's nothing there. So if you're going to get 50,000 people in and out all at once, you need to have a lot of transportation infrastructure. And, uh, you know, again, we've been talking about this now. What, what, when, when was it they emerged from their closed doors? It was October, November, right? When they, November, I think October. It was, it was October, November, yeah. Um, so it's been, you know, a little over six, seven months. Um, and nobody has really come out with any kind of studies or any kind of speculation or anything about the transportation uh, needs, and that's a little bit worrisome. Um, you know, again, if it winds up being $20 million worth of improvements, that's not too bad on a project where they're already spending close to $300 million. But I don't think anybody thinks or knows it's going to be only $20 million, you know, and right now it's a huge, huge blank check that Cobb County is writing, um, you know, by committing itself to the stadium bonds before they know what the transportation costs are going to be. Yeah, are there any estimates on how much the stadium project in total, like, you know, the transportation and everything, what's the total cost in aggregate to the taxpayers of Cobb County? Um, I think it was about... 280-something um, for just the upfront cost, so then you would add in whatever the transportation would be. Uh -huh. So again, that $160 million was an estimate based on what another similar project cost. Um, and if it's 160 let's say, you know, even 120 then you're talking about $400 million in cost. I think that's probably a reasonable wow. estimate. Um, then, of course, you don't know what's going to happen with the, with the uh, uh, rest of the development. I mean, the Braves are saying they're going to build all this retail and housing and hotels and things like that, and if they don't want any subsidies for it, 
but they also don't say when they're going to do it. <laughs> they haven't made any commitments. And in fact, in the agreement, it, they specifically said we're not going to make any promises of when we're going to do it. We're just making promises, but not actually putting them down in writing. So there's nothing stopping them from five years down the road saying, oh, gee, you know, we thought it was really going to work out, but now if we're going to build all these hotels and stuff like that to generate all these property taxes that you've been counting on, we really need some more help here. So how big, I, of, how big of a deal that there is no guarantee in the agreement that the Braves spend that private development money? Because I can see them coming to the city and going, oh, we need a, a, you know, a tax rebate on all this construction. So it could absolutely. be a loss anyways. Absolutely. And since that's the part that, the, that, that Cobb County really wants, um, it, it, I mean, that's, I think that's what happened in St. Louis. I'm trying to remember what the, the chronology was there, but I'm pretty sure that first they agreed to build the stadium and said, oh, there's going to be this ballpark village, and then came to the state or the county or whoever it was and said, um, oh, yeah, but to build the ballpark village, we need some subsidies. Um, <laughs> so I would not be surprised to see that at all, I mean, because we've seen it before. Um, you know, uh, in Brooklyn, uh, near me, there's the Nets Arena, which was supposed to have big you know, housing towers all around it, and right now they're building this modular housing uh, tower out of, out of like, little units, like building an apartment building out of Legos. Um, and, or, or maybe, I don't know, like Playmobil or something. It's really strange little, little things that fit together. Um, and it's taken them absolutely forever because nobody's ever done this before. Um, but at least there, there were some teeth in the agreement where if they didn't start construction by a certain date, they were going to have to give back all their subsidies. So they started construction, and they're just going to finish it in like the year 2060 or something. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, again, the Braves might be intending to build all this, all this development, and, you know, it might not be some evil scheme where they're thinking, oh, you know, we're, we're going to bait and switch them, and then, you know, once they're waiting for us to do this, we're going to ask for more subsidies. But even if they are, you know, uh, do have their hearts in the right place about it, there's nothing to stop them or, you know, somebody else who buys a team or, you know, somebody else who's running, running the team from suddenly saying, again, five, ten years from now, oh, you know, the numbers really don't look so good. Can't you help us out a little bit more? Oh, definitely. It could go 50-50 because, like you were saying, in Brooklyn with the, the Barclays Center, they're just kind of doing that so they don't have to give the subsidies back. But, you know, in Anaheim, Artie Moreno definitely wants to develop the area around his ballpark. But, again, it's an opportunity cost because he only wants to do it for a dollar. So, right. yeah. So, anyways, um, is it a victory for our side that the Braves worked in secret so the opposition to the Cobb County move couldn't have time to form? Wait, is it, uh, is it a benefit to our side? Well, is it a victory? Is it like the, the only thing you can pat yourself on the back with is like as far as is it a victory that the Braves had to keep the secret? Oh, I see, because they knew, because they knew that everyone hated it. Yeah. So they, we, we must be powerful if they have to hide themselves from us. A little bit. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, sure, you know. But again, I, I, I don't think any of this is new, you know. I mean, teams have always tried to negotiate in secret because it's way easier to deal with you know, four guys in a room than the public. Because who knows what the public is going to think, right? Yeah. You know, the public may think it's a great idea. The public may burn you in effigy. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Um, You know, so it's it's really always more, when you can get away with it, um, it, there's always a benefit to trying to, you know, conduct development deals in secret because you at least know who you have to, pay off, you know? So, um, so I'm not surprised that they, that they did that. I'm a little surprised that they came out and said it. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, a little surprising. Everybody, you know, if we, if we had uh, gone public with it, everyone would have complained and said it was a terrible thing and would have tr- tried to stop us. 
um, you know, we're we're back to uh, to supervillain territory again. Oh, definitely. Well, have the have the Braves burnt so many bridges in the Cobb County area when the ballpark does open? Can you expect attendance figures like the Marlins? Oh. If they make trades like the Marlins, sure. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, you know. I mean, sports fans will go. I think we've proven that sports fans of a team is winning will go to, you know, they would run over their own grandmother, <laughs> you know, um, in order to go. It's, it's, it's not. It's not something where uh, where I really expect them to face payback at the uh, at the at the ticket booth. Um, and you know, really, politically, the only people they have to they have to uh, placate are the are three of the five people on the Cobb County, Cobb County Commission, right? So um, that's a pretty easy lift. Yeah, definitely. Moving on to the Chicago, why are the Cubs getting angry with the city of Chicago? Pretty much everything the Cubs asked for got approved by the city. Now they're dropping move threats. But they didn't approve everything when they wanted. They wanted it now. I don't want to have to wait till next month. I want my new ad boards now. <laughs> Can you tell I'm a parent? Um, yeah. The you know I mean Tom Ricketts is very upset that he has to go through the legal process with the owners of these rooftops outside, you know out beyond the Wrigley Field outfield walls who he has a contract with, and they pay him 17% of their gross in exchange for him, you know, allowing them and contract, contracting with them to, um, you know, run these businesses out beyond the, the Wrigley Field walls. And he wants to change that. And he's annoyed that he has to go through, you know, that they can sue him if he tries to, tries to change that, which, you know, that's what contracts do. <laughs> yeah. So meanwhile, like you said, the city of Chicago has okayed everything else about the Wrigley changes. Um, but now he sort of threw a hissy fit and said, oh, well, if these rooftop farmers are going to be that way, we're just going to put up twice as many ad- advertising signs. And apparently didn't think to call Rahm Emanuel to tell him first that he was going to be changing this plan. Now, I don't know if everyone in the listening audience is familiar with who Rahm Emanuel is, but you know, he was, he's renowned for being uh, you know, the guy under Clinton who was famously vindictive with absolutely everyone. So you have to imagine he's not going to be happy with you when you suddenly announce without telling him that you're demanding a whole bunch more things. So Ron Emanuel paid him back by saying, oh, you want us to vote on that next week? I don't think we're going to be doing that just yet. Um, now, my guess is that he will still vote on it, you know, have the Landmarks Commission vote on it next month or the month after that or some, some point at which, you know, once he figures that uh, he's kept Tom Ricketts waiting for long enough. I mean, they went through this once before, right, where they've, they've had, you know, falling outs over that whole uh, thing with uh, Tom Ricketts' dad's, you know, funding of the anti-Obama um, ad campaign. Um, and Emmanuel, once he's you know made people suffer a little bit, is always happy to go back if it's in his if he sees it in his political self-interest to approve something to go back and then renegotiate. So I think he'll he'll probably still come around, but he's certainly letting uh, letting Ricketts hang hang out a little bit to dry. I don't under, quite understand the Chicago Tribune about how they speculate that Rahm Emanuel wants a political victory of getting Wrigley renovations done, but not the appearance that the Cubs and Ricketts are pushing him around. I don't know. I don't understand this game at all. Yeah, he sees the, renovating Wrigley as as like, yeah, like as a victory somehow. That's like this is going to be something he's going to point to and say, "I got them to sit down to a deal where they agreed not to take ask for any direct public money. They're just 
demanding a whole bunch of loopholes in the landmark laws, and they're demanding that they expand out into the street, and demanding a whole bunch of other, you know, put up ad signs over streets on archways. Uh, but, you know, I, I negotiated tough with them, and I got them to do it, you know, without me having to give them straight-up cash. Um, and that's kind of what he's been selling all along. So I think he wants to be able to continue to sell that he, that he got them to uh, agree to that. Um, you know, he could have gotten a political victory by saying, I'm going to be the guy who says, no, forget it. If you want new clubhouses in Wrigley Field, build new clubhouses in Wrigley Field. It'll, you know, if it, you think that's what it's going to take for you to be able to sign better free agents, um, you know, certainly that nobody, you haven't shown any indication that you're able to find, identify what a better free agent is. <laughs> um, like, Milton Bradley, seriously? Um, but uh, he could have said that to them and said, you know, go and do it on your own dime. If you think it'll make the team better, then, you know, it'll make the team better. And you'll make your money back when you actually make the World Series for the first time in a century. Um, not a century. What is it, 75 years? It's um, been a while. Yeah, so um, the, uh, but, but he didn't say that. So this is what he's, he's proposed as his victory is getting the Cubs to renovate Wrigley Field. There will be some nicer parts and there will be some giant advertising signs. Um, but it's kind of he's kind of written the narrative, and now Ricketts is not you know has gone off script. Um, so Emmanuel has to kind of rein him back in and say, okay, show that he can be the tough guy, show that he can you know stand firm, and then they'll agree to the thing that they all both agreed to in the first place. Okay, definitely. Um, moving on to uh, Los Angeles and the Donald Sterling fiasco. I love how the Clippers' sale price of two billion dollars reflects the growing inequality, not the team what the team is actually worth, even with the soaring cable income as a factor. Um, it's due to too, many, too few teams and too many billionaires and sports teams. Yeah, I mean, apparently we've created a monster. We now have a, a nation where there are so many people walking around with lots of money and no idea what to do with it, <laughs> that they're doing things like buying teams, you know, NBA teams that have never really won much of anything and are the second most popular team in their market. Um, to for ridiculous amounts of money, and this is let's face it, a ridiculous amount of money. You know, I mean, the Dodgers going for two billion dollars was kind of ridiculous, but at least the Dodgers, you know, play in a sport with revenues that are a lot higher. Um, whereas the Clippers, you know, they play in the NBA, they play half as many games. You know, it's it's just, it's not as big an enterprise. It's not to, you know, to say there's anything wrong with the Clippers. Um, but there's just no way that the Clippers are worth as much as the Dodgers. You know, they have half, less than half of the revenues, uh, the annual revenues of the Dodgers, and I think will continue to even if they get this huge cable windfall. So, I mean, I guess, you know, on the bright side, there are worse things that billionaires could be doing to, uh, you know, doing with their money. You know, they could be giving it to horrible candidates. They could be uh, uh, giving it to foundations to try and ruin our nation's school system. I mean, there's all kinds of examples of being people doing much worse things than giving their money to Donald Sterling so they can own the Clippers. Uh, yeah. Um, but it, it certainly makes, I mean, the only people for whom it's unfair, I guess, is if you're a mere, mere multimillionaire who wants to buy an NBA franchise and is now priced out of the market because he's crazy billionaires. Yeah, definitely. Um, this morning I saw something that completely surprised me on your website. Cities around the world are rising up to the Olympics and the World Cup and withdrawing bids and that kind of thing. That's a great thing to see. Woods kind of started this momentum. Um, the, you know, the World Cup is a couple of different things. Obviously, you know, it's kind of been a fiasco in Brazil with uh, people dying left and right on the job um, and massive protests of how much Brazil is spending on the World Cup. 
And then you have the Qatar fiasco where, um, you know, this weekend it was revealed that um, they got the World Cup for 2022, which is going to have to be played in the winter, which is going to disrupt the soccer season because it's like 140 degrees in Qatar in the summer. Um, and they got that by bribery. You know, there was a guy who basically paid $5 million, which seems really cheap, to be honest with you, um, in order to sway some votes to get, to get the, the 2022 World Cup. Um, so there's been a lot of criticism around that. At the same time, um, the um, what year are we talking about for the Olympics now? It's uh, for the 2022, I think, maybe? 20, 2022, yeah. Um, that the, uh, the uh, yeah, 2022. Um, that the um, Winter Olympic bids, everybody's pulling out. Stockholm was supposed to bid, and uh, they pulled out. Krakow pulled out. Oslo is still allegedly in it, but they're going to have a public referendum, and there's massive public opposition to bidding. So you're going to come down to um, uh, Beijing is now looking for it. And um, what's the town in Kazakhstan? I'd have to look it up. I put it on my site and now I've completely forgotten who it is. <laughs> um, my, my, I do not have any more of the names of towns in Kazakhstan off the top of my head. Um, but, you know, they're looking to two bidders for the Winter Olympics. That's really not a whole lot. Yeah. Um, wow. So, I mean, I think, you know, the... We've been wondering for years at what point is the price too rich for for city's blood? You know, will they continue to to bid for anything? And I think you're starting to see that at the price now. You know, talking billions upon billions of dollars to host one of these things. Um, some cities, at least, are starting to say, you know what, we don't really need it that badly. Um, they probably will still find, uh, certainly for the Summer Olympics, they'll still find enough bidders. You know, New York and Philadelphia just dropped out, but I think uh, Washington, D.C. is still in it. Um, San Diego, San Diego is still in it for, uh, for the next Summer Olympics up for bid, I forget. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they'll still, they'll still have a U.S. bidder. Um, I don't think that this is going to, you know, shut down the Olympics and the World Cup, but it is interesting to see a little bit of a pushback because, you know, I mean, there's just been so many headlines about how all that these big events bring are massive bills and, you know, construction debt and workers dying on the job because you're rushing to build things. Um, you know, a few people are starting to say, you know what, that might not be the political victory that I'm looking for. Yeah, definitely. Neil DeMoss, he writes for com, and he's a freelance writer uh, with uh, Sports on Earth as well. Thanks for being on the show. Sure thing. See you next week. Okay, this is, of course, uh, the McCoy Show.